everybody, welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. I am uh, one half of the show. My name is Jeff. Joining me, as always, from the Pacific Northwest, a team or a city that has a team for sure in Major League Baseball. It's Mark A. Johnston. Mark, how you doing? Hey, Jeff. It's uh, I mean, I believe we have probably all seen the rumors uh, and the news. And, and, uh, my, my first worry was for you. I'm like, Oh no, Jeff's going to like, just like freak out, but you didn't freak out. But, uh, uh, it is, it's terrible news. Whenever uh, we, we used to talk about minor league teams shutting down mm-hmm. uh, and, and how that was bad for the community. Well, Oakland's a pretty big community and we don't want them to lose a team. Well, they've already lost two other teams in the last two years. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to get into it too much here today. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's been the big news in baseball. I, uh, Mark, you and I were talking before we started recording. I'm not 100% convinced that this is going to happen. Things are coming out now that the uh, couple of days have passed, and there are a lot of question marks that, that are pointing towards a couple of things, and one of which might be uh, John Fisher selling the team and keeping it here in Oakland, which is what I'm going to hope for. But we're not going to talk about that too much. I have not. That was not the worst news for me uh, personally last week. Uh, so it's been a rough, rough week. But this is going to be a real quick show. I did not really want to. Uh, spend a lot of time on baseball this week because I'm hoping everybody can understand. I know a couple of the DMs I got, not particularly empathetic, (laughs) but this would be my second professional team that I am so completely invested in moving. And uh, this would by far, I mean, Mark, I told you it's been 40 years I've been an A's fan. So it's uh, the majority of easily the majority of my life I've been rooting for this car to not go by now, but easily uh, it's the majority of my life. I've been rooting for the Oakland A's. I mean, I could save a lot of money if they were to leave and I just ditched them. You know, I wouldn't have to <laughs> buy every single thing that's green and gold. And yeah, but that's no fun. Uh, well, I mean, it would be fun for my wallet. And that's true. Maybe you go on a few cruises. That's right. I think it's something a little bit more fun than a, a cruise, <laughs> but yeah. All right, so let's get into it. I think basically today we're going to do maybe a little bit extended BP and then we'll do Wax Packs Heroes, but no main story today. I just, I I hope everybody will will indulge in me just kind of wallowing in pity here for a little while, but uh, let's get right into it and get our BP going. I guess we can talk a little bit more uh, about the A's here. Just some historic things, Mark. So if the A's do go through with this move planned, whatever it is, to, to Las Vegas. They will become the most moved sports team in sports history. At least American sports history. I can't speak for sure all the uh, the other countries, but that would be four different cities through 120 years, from Philadelphia to Kansas City to Oakland to Las Vegas. I don't know. They'll tie the NBA Kings, who moved from Rochester to Cincinnati to Kansas City and then to Sacramento. I don't know much about them either, but uh, I do know about the athletics and there's an amazing history there. So, yeah, I started to uh, a couple of days ago kind of do the history of the A's for the subject for this week. But I got too depressed and said maybe. (laughs) Understood. Yeah, understood. And, you know, then being an A's fan, uh, I had to put up with the A's uh, at the time of this recording being 18 and three uh, Mm -hmm. with a 103 run run differential. 
They have given up 103 more runs than they have scored 21 games into the season. That's I'm I'm doing the math in my head and I'm thinking that's not real good. No, well, so the record for mo- for worst ever run differential was 349 by the 1932 Boston Red Sox. The A's are on pace for 771. Oh, man, I mean, this terrifying. is they could be worse than the 1899 Cleveland Spiders at this point. We had a uh, down in the media dining room where I go before working the games. We had a big table discussion and somebody said, name an Oakland Athletics player right now. And uh, it was kind of a struggle, but we came up with Tony Kemp. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I can only name some of them. I mean, you know, they go they're up and down so quickly. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's, and I mean, we made that joke last week when we talked about Jackie Robinson Day. As an A's fan, it is hard when you don't know them in the first place, and then exactly. they all wear the same number and no, uh, no name on the back. That's rough sailing. Uh, <laughs> so the A's are at a minus 103 run differential. The next worst is the Royals, who have two whole extra wins more than the A's. They're only at minus 50. Oh, wow. So if it weren't for the A's, they would be on pace to challenge the 1932 Red Sox. But as it is, the A's are just ready to smash that record. We're number one. (laughs) Numero uno. Got to be proud. Yeah. Uh, So let's talk about if Major League, the movie, was rebooted right now, what team would it be? You can't say that it's the A's, right? Because they win every five years. I mean, they they might not be on track for their next. So they used Cleveland in in the original movie because they played at a crappy stadium, the mistake by the lake, and they never won. But, you know, the A's, like I said, do that. And and the same with the Rays. They played a crappy stadium, but they're the best team in baseball right now. So who gets the honor if they rebooted Major League of being the team? Man, that is a good question because it has to be semi-no-name and haven't won in a long time, but uh, have an upside, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I I don't know who it would be. I, maybe I don't know if we have one. You just got to stick with the A's. <laughs> <laughs> just just for the no name no name aspect of it. I want to be the guy. Lord knows I use the phrase too high, too high enough that, or you know, as A's fans, we could say, you know, who the bleep are these guys? That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm putting my I'm throwing my hat in the ring. It's the A's. Plus, don't you have a drummer? Uh, no, we don't, and oh. I love it. Uh, the 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 uh, what are they? The Oakland sixty seven, something like that. That's the 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 whole group out there in right field that have their drums. They store their drums at at the Coliseum. The A's gave them space, and uh, last week, upon the announcement, they contacted the A's and said, uh, "We're going to come collect our drums. Ooh. They're not drumming anymore." Wow. And I'm all for it. I think that's, I, I'm 100% on board. Well, it, it'll make uh, watching the games on television a little bit less annoying. Well, for Astros fans, I know they, they, they complained about it. Astro fans also, though, accused A's fans, uh, the, the, the drummers, of uh, relaying signals to the batters about what pitch was coming. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was definitely we did it, but everyone did it. Like the A's and the drummers was, the, yeah, uh, yeah. That was that was a sneaky way to do things, you guys. Yeah, I mean, there's some real rocket scientists. I, you know, I, Houston. I thought NASA. I thought they were supposed to have smart people there, but no, they got Astro fans. Well, they, they traded for them all. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I said last week, Mark, I thought MLB was going to have to tweak the number of throws allowed over to first. Well, gosh darn it. I forgot that uh, the whole of the Major League uh, Baseball front office listens to our show. And uh, they heard me. I think they heard me wrong, though. The Atlantic League, which is, of course, that independent league where a lot of these rules get rolled out first, they're going to experiment with only allowing a single throw over to base when there's a runner on. I'm not a fan of that. I think they're going to need to allow more than two. I haven't seen too many, uh, just in the games I've worked, I haven't seen too many people throwing over twice. Yeah, I saw the first balk that was called. I think it just happened last week when uh, the third throw, oh, yeah, it was the third throw over. They thought it was, and it was kind of a miscommunication. I forget who the pitcher was or who it was for, but their their pitch comm wasn't working, so they stepped off to get it to work. That counts as a disengagement. And then they threw over once, and then they threw over again, and that was the third time, and it was called a balk. So I think that's the only time it has happened. Again, the number of stolen bases, while I enjoy it, it's it's becoming a little bit too easy, I think. Hey, Ty France stole a base not too long ago, so you know that's his first of his career. Ah, well, put you that know something's going on. Put that name in your back pocket, will you, Ty France? Okay, just put that name in there. All right, uh, another something a little historical that happened here recently. Angels have a rookie. Uh, he is uh, what's he called? Zach Neto. Yes, and he became the first player in Major League history to be hit by five pitches within his first seven career games. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so congratulations to Zach Neto. That is uh, I, I wonder if he's got all of those balls like on his mantle <laughs> or something. He's got all the bruises. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's uh, he's probably hitting that hot tub a lot after uh, after his first seven games. Yeah, the one with the boat motor in it. Yeah, that's right. This is our major league episode here. Uh, the previous record was four, which was held by Ed Fitzpatrick of the nineteen fifteen Boston Braves and Kevin Fransden of the two thousand and six Giants. Wow, nineteen fifteen two oh six. That's quite a span, but then. Well, I guess now it's shattered with uh, with five pitches in seven games. So, uh, Mark, it wouldn't be a, uh, a two-strike noise if we didn't talk about Lars Nuke Bar at some point. Yes, I'm very proud of our selection of Lars. Yeah, so breaking news out of Japan. Lars Nuke Bar has signed a deal with the Japanese confectionery company Morinaga, a protein bar that he's promoting. He is filming a commercial that will start airing in Japan at the end of April. Very nice. Yeah, so I don't have a lot more information because the press release was in Japanese. Um, and my 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 Japanese is a little rusty. <laughs> a little, a little. I'm finally excited to say there will be a real Lars Newt bar on the market. That's that's awesome. I, a real, I wonder if they're calling it Newt bar or what they're going to do. Um, if, if you've been listening to the show a while, you know Jeff and I were on the Lars Newt Bar train long ago. Yes. So was, this is a very proud time. It's like watching your our, nephew. Our boys all growed up. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> I got to see him at a home run live, too. Yeah. I, in I, person. I was like, I was putting it in, and I'm like, oh, well, it's not that bad. At least it's Lars. Did he ever tip his hat or anything up to you? You know, I don't think he did, but then again, I was busy entering his home run into the <sighs> That son of a hyena. Yes. 
That's the new phrase here after we learned that Rue Baudel called people sons of hyenas. <laughs> uh, let's see something. Now, this is very historic and it has to do as a tie in with a couple of of guys that are actually still playing today. Career whip leaders in baseball. There have been only two players in the history of the game that have retired with a whip under one. So uh, that is a minimum of 1,000 innings pitched is the cutoff here. Those two names are Eddie Joss and Ed Walsh. I was going to say those guys. Yes. <laughs> well, now here, along with Ty France, I want you to put those in the, in, the, in the old memory bank here. All right. Addy Joss finished up with a 0.9678 whip. Ed Walsh finished with a 0.9996. <laughs> I think Ed probably retired like as soon as that got under one. He's like, I'm done. That's he was right. Probably checking that out every day. Well, get this. Both Jacob DeGrom and Clayton Kershaw right now as the time of this recording on Monday, the 24th, they have both equaled that. Their career whip is under one. Clayton Kershaw's is equal with Ed Walsh's at 0.9996 and Jacob DeGrom's is 0.9943. So there's a lot of work still to get to Addy Joss's mark. But uh, that's pretty impressive. No doubt about it. That's a couple of pretty solid pitching performances. So we'll g- I just, as I said, remember those two names, Addy Joss and uh, Ed Walsh uh, here, because uh, right now, Mark, it is time for debuts. So this debut is, or this show is debuting on April 26th, making his debut today in 1902, none other than the aforementioned human hairpin Addy Joss. Wow. Podcasting class. Yeah. Coming into coming into play. Nicknamed the human hairpin because he was 6'3, 180. That's amazing. Yeah. The only major league pitcher uh, that did not appear in the Negro Leagues as well in the National Baseball Hall of Fame, whose career lasted fewer than 10 years. And that's because uh, Addy Joss passed away at the age of 31 because of tuberculosis meningitis. So he died at age 31. His career 1.89 ERA is the second lowest in Major League history behind Ed Walsh. Oh, well, well. (laughs) And uh, his uh, career whip, as I mentioned, also the lowest of all time. In 1908, Joss's Cleveland Naps, we've gone over why they were called that, were a half game behind the Detroit Tigers heading into the final weekend of the season. They matched up against the Chicago White Sox, who were only trailing the Naps by one game. So final weekend of the season, three teams are separated by a game and a half. The game attendance, by the way, for this big, important game, 10,598. They should move the team to Las Vegas. Is what That's it. Do. That's uh, right. Uh, local sports writer Franklin Lewis uh, said it was, quote, an excellent turnout for a weekend. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Joss took the mound for the Naps. He did his part by only throwing the second ever perfect game in Major League history. 
That's, that's a good performance. Yeah, well, he did it on 74 pitches as well, which wow. is, wow, is right. Uh, I mentioned the second perfect game in Major League Baseball history, the first being, of course, Lee Richmond of the Worcester Ruby Legs in 1880. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, the, the old Ruby Legs. The pitcher for the White Sox, by the way, in this tilt was none other than White Sox future Hall of Famer Ed Walsh. Wow. And Car- <laughs> Neither pitcher would give up an earned run in the one to nothing game. Walsh struck out 15 batters, gave up only one base on balls. Uh, it gave up four hits, but the, the one run scored because uh, Ed Walsh tried to pick a runner off of first, errantly threw it away, and then a wild pitch by Ed Walsh scored that runner. So... If ever there was an earned, unearned run, that would be it. If the pitcher walks somebody, advances him on an air, and then scores him on a wild pitch. Yeah, that that should be, uh, you're right, absolutely on that. That should be added to something. There should be earned, unearned runs. <laughs> New category. Be, yes. Uh, Joss also threw a no-hitter in 1910, again against the White Sox, but no Ed Walsh involved in that one. During the 1908 through 1909 off-seasons, Joss worked on designing an electric scoreboard that I believe we've talked about before that would later become known as the Joss Indicator. The Nats decided to install this scoreboard, which allowed spectators to monitor balls and strikes real time. Mark, you and I. That's have, a special. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Addy Joss. And now you're essentially doing the same thing that he, that he came up with. Well, no, nah, I mean, it's just balls and strikes, but I mean, you've done that sometimes, so. I do balls and strikes again. We we do that. In, uh, I I keep the pitch count these days. Oh well, that's scary now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're if you're looking for something stupid like accuracy, <laughs> so Addy Joss again, only nine years in the big leagues, one sixty and ninety seven, led the league in nineteen oh seven with twenty seven wins, uh, led the league in ERA twice. I mentioned the the career low WHIP. Uh, let's see, from 1905 through 1908, he won 20, 21, 27 in 24 games. That's uh, that's pretty darn impressive. That's, that's solid. Also making their debut today, in 1995, Edgardo Alfonso made his debut for the Mets. Edgardo Alfonso in 1999 and 2000 in the playoffs was just, he was going crazy. He hit clutch home run after clutch home run against the D-backs and the Giants. And uh, so I went and looked up his postseason numbers. Total in his career, he appeared in six series in the postseason. He ended up hitting 299 with a 369 on base and a .891 OPS. Four home runs, 22 RBI, 11 walks. I mean, this guy was clutch. His championship WPA was 13.8 over his career in the playoffs. That's crazy. That's somebody who rises to the occasion. Yeah. I mean, he was a great player. He was was a great offensive player, a great defensive player as well. But in the playoffs, he really, really shined. Uh, okay, our final uh, debut here today in 2019, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. made his debut. Nice. I remember that because, of course, it was against the A's. <laughs> That's just how it works. <laughs> I remember it specifically. They were in Toronto. I had to get up early for the game. Well, I didn't get up early, but it was an early game because it was a day game. 
lot of uh, hoopla about uh, Junior making his debut. And I remember he ripped the double that won it uh, down the right field line. Let's see. Uh, he credits his uncle, however, Wilton Guerrero, for teaching him what he knows about baseball mm. rather, than, uh, rather than his father, Vladimir Sr. But something about Vladimir Sr. that we can do, we can now add him to the infamous Steve Garvey Paul Molitor Club. Oh, joy. Yeah, because Vladimir Sr. apparently fathered eight children with five different women. So, <laughs> Wow. I, I'm going to need to put a scorecard together and just see how he and Steve Garvey and Paul Molitor actually, how do they actually line up in terms yeah. of... <laughs> Does that mean there's going to be a whole lot more really good power hitters? Uh, I don't know. I mean... I, I don't have I don't have the ages here as to oh, man as to how old they are but uh, yeah so we've got that uh, also I didn't know this that Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s godfather is Pedro Martinez oh wow so his father's a Hall of Famer and his godfather's a Hall of Famer that's pretty awesome yeah and then my final note here uh, also making his debut today in 2019 Ty France. Hey, big fan, big fan. <laughs> so there, I thought that was uh, strange that you mentioned him, and there he, there he is. So that's nice. going to do it for our BP segment for this week's show. As I mentioned, uh, no actual story this week uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm not in the right mindset to do that. So what we're going to do, though, we are going to go ahead and open up a couple of packs of baseball cards and uh, hit the final segment of the show, which we have uh, called since the beginning. We'll continue to call it. Thusly, it's time for Wax Packs All right, Mark, today, uh, we I mean, we're really doing wax packs today. We've got gum in these wax packs today. Wow, so boy. That tells you what it is. Uh, these cards uh, are both packs of 1988 tops. So, oh, that should be fun. Yeah, some good ones. I hear that they named these cards after the 1988 Tops podcast. Yes. Interesting. I, no, I know that for a fact. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, if for some reason you haven't heard me talk about that podcast over and over again, and you, you like what we do, you like the names that we talk about, you definitely want to go listen to that as they are going through this entire set and they devote a single episode to one player in this set. Uh, I'm guessing they've probably done a good bulk of the cards that we're going to talk about today. But let's see. If you are new here, let me go through the rules real quickly. We're going to open these packs, and then we are going to use baseball reference to grab the player's war for the year of the packs. As I said, 1988 in this case. We'll add those up. A couple of other things, though, that you can do to add or subtract to that total. If there is anything on the player's face in this card, eye black, glasses, mustache, anything like that, you're going to get an extra tenth of a point. If it's a really good mustache, like Tom uh, Selleck, I almost said Tom Cruise, but like Tom Selleck or Wade Boggs, you know, something like that, you'll get an extra tenth of a point. If they're wearing real stirrups that we can see sanitary socks, that's an extra tenth of a point. But they're wearing the two and ones that'll be a minus tenth of a point 
any award that year, Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, MVP, All-Star, Gold Glove, half a point each. If there's a Hall of Famer on the card, whether they are the focus or not, that's a whole extra point. If Ricky Henderson appears on any card in this segment, I get five points regardless of who pulls it. Mark gets the same if Nolan Ryan is pulled. Any of these players are on the Mitchell Report or were suspended for PEDs during their career, which... I don't know, I guess it could happen in 88. Uh, they're going to get a minus half a point. If they have any pop culture references, uh, we're going to give them a half a point. But if they were on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, The Simpsons or Seinfeld, they'll get a whole point because those are our favorites where there's just a ton of baseball players. Also, we're both going to pick a team. And just like Ricky and Nolan, uh, my team gets pulled. I get a half a point. And if Mark's team is pulled, he gets a half a point. So, Mark, what team are you going with today? I'm going to go with Lars and the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, wait, I, I hate to inform you this, but you picked the Cardinals last week, so I'm not going to allow I? that. Yes. Oh, well, see how good my memory is. That's why we have a, an intern in the corner feverishly <laughs> scribbling notes and working on spreadsheets. Good thing, too. Well, I can't think of any other teams, so I guess I'll just, I'm just kidding. Let's go with the Giants. Well, you know, I think just uh, out of out of uh, pure spite, I'm going to choose the A's. There you go. See if they can do something for me this week. Anything. <laughs> All right, Mark, I've got uh, a pack in my left hand and my right hand. I'm going to let you choose. Which one would you like? Going right. Going right. All right. Uh, I'm going to let you keep that pack because I won last okay. week by letting you keep that pack. I am going to go first. No, I'm going to have you go first. We're going to mix it up a little bit here. Okay. All right. All right, Mark. So here we go. Uh, we're going to start off here with an all-star card. And uh, this is a good all-star card because it is pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, Jimmy Key. Ooh, solid. Let's see. Jimmy Key, 15 years in the big leagues, five-time all-star. He won two World Series both with the Blue Jays, and won an ERA title in 1987. So you just missed that when he came in second in the Cy Young. In 1988, 12-5, 3.29 ERA, 131 innings pitched. Uh, let's see, only 65 strikeouts. Not a big strikeout guy. A 119 ERA plus, and that is good for a war of 2.0. I'll take 2.0. Yeah, nothing else on this card because it's just it's just a headshot of him is gonna help you out at all. Wow, career postseason ERA of three point one five and a five and three record. Not bad. Not too bad. Didn't he pick off um, in one of the in the World Series? He picked off Otis Nixon. I don't remember that, but I'm not. I have no reason to doubt you. Yeah. So here we go. Game four, 1992 World Series, picked off Otis Nixon. There you go. See, I always remember the guys with good pickoff moves. Wow, he threw almost 2,600 career innings, and he won 186 and 117. That's a pretty good record. 614 win-loss percentage. The Blue Jays had good pitching. Real good pitching. Uh, let's see. Your next card is none other than uh, Dodgers legend Danny Heap. Danny Heap. I, for some reason, think of him with the Astros and the Mets. Yeah, I think Danny Heap is a Met. Uh, let's see, 13 years in the big leagues, four with the Mets, four with Houston, and then two with the Dodgers, the Red Sox, and Atlanta. So maybe that's why. Let's see, over those 13 years in 1988, 95 games, uh, he played kind of on the corners. He played left, right, and first. 
and he pitched a little bit apparently this year. So we'll have to look at that. Uh, let's see, hit 242, 341 on base, no home runs, 11 RBI, a 76 OPS plus. For that, you are going to get a positive 0.3. So that's at least going the right way. That surprises me. Nothing else on this card is going to help you out. Uh, He did win two World Series, one with the Mets. He was on that 86 team. And then in 88 with the Dodgers. So went to some good teams. He pitched twice in his career. Once in 88, once in 90. Uh, Let's see. Overall, he pitched three innings, six hits, three runs, both earned, including a home run and a wild pitch. Also traded by Houston to the Mets for Mike Scott. Ooh, good trade. So yeah, I think, wow, I I think the Mets rude that day. That was a straight up trade too, because Mike Scott owned them. Yeah, he he hadn't. uh, I don't think by then he discovered how how uh, impressively he could throw uh, a fork ball splitter. Uh, Let's see, Danny Heap. Oh, what does Danny Heap have in common with Ricky Henderson? Um, they both played professional baseball. Well, there, okay. What Nailed two it. things? What two oh, things? I can't think of another one. Uh, so Ricky Henderson was Nolan Ryan's 5,000th career strikeout victim, famously. Danny Heap, 4,000th. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, that's pretty cool. What was that little Mel Allen you threw in there? How about that? All right, so you're at 2.3 after two cards. Next, you've got a pitcher for the Bucks. It's Bob Patterson. Let's see. Bob Patterson, 13 years in the big leagues. Not never an all-star, didn't win anything, but he had a good career. 13 years. Let's see, six with the Bucks, three with the Cubs, and then a couple of other teams. 1988. Bad news for you. That is the one year that he did not play in the majors. <laughs> from 1985 through 1998, he played every year except for 1988. Good news for you, though. In this picture, uh, he's got some real stirrups on. Okay. So you'll at least... Get a, a tenth of a point out of that. I remember Marvell Wynn. Oh, wow. So <laughs> during his career, Patterson was known as the glove doctor. Many players, even from opposing teams, would ask Peterson to repair their broken gloves. <laughs> no kidding. And That's he would awesome. sometimes do this in the bullpen during games using coat hangers, tongue depressors, and extra leather. Wow. That's pretty cool. I have watched YouTube videos of people restringing and refurbishing gloves because I would, I, I've thought about getting my, my oldest glove refurbished and I have, I can tell I could never do it. And there's a lot of pieces that actually go into a glove too, if you take it all apart. So that's pretty impressive to me. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So you're at 2.4. Next, this is going to be a tragic one. It is pitcher for the Padres here, Eric Shaw. Uh, yes, unfortunate end for Mr. Winplace and Shaw. Fairly certain he also gave up uh, Pete Rose's uh, record-breaking home run, no? Or not home run, uh, base hit. Um, I don't remember, but I believe you. I'm pretty sure. We'll, we'll find out here shortly, but I'm pretty sure that he served up Pete Rose's uh, single to left that, uh, that he passed Ty Cobb with the uh, career hits mark on, but we'll find out here. Shao, uh, 11 years in the big leagues, 10 with San Diego, and one memorable year in 1991 with the Oakland Athletics. Let's see, in 1988, he went 16-11 and 11 with a 3.26 ERA. That's pretty good for that time. 234 innings, 144 strikeouts, and a 105 ERA+. plus. All of that will equal a war of 3.4 nice wow he had a 3.5 in 1986 
So wow. along with that, he's got a mustache. I'm going to say he's got a, a two tenths of a point mustache. And he always had a beauty mustache. That's for sure. Yeah, he did. He did. And he's got real stirrups here. So nice. all of that, that would equal a 3.7. Yeah. So here, September 11th, 1985, surrendered Pete Rose's record-breaking 4,192nd career hit. And uh, as we said, tragic end at the age of 37. He was found dead in his room at a drug and alcohol rehab facility, unfortunately. Teammate Gary Templeton called Shao's actions Bush League after he got upset at the lengthy interruption after that record-breaking hit. Oh, yeah, they must have thrown a big old ceremony. Wow, and he later in that game got in a shoving match in the dugout with my guy Carmelo Martinez because he felt Carmelo should have dove for a ball that he couldn't get to. So former guest of the show Dave Jervecki delivered the eulogy at Shao's funeral. Oh, yeah. Dervecki, great interview. Really good guy. Yeah, that was uh, that was great. All right. Next, you have got a listed as a third baseman at this point for the Tigers. Wow. He looks like Cecil Fielder. This is late in his career. It's Bill Madlock. <laughs> Mad Dog. Yeah. So Mad Dog played for 15 years. He was a rookie in 1973. And actually, his final year was 87. So he didn't even play this year. But he is... Uh, you know, I mean, at this point, he's 36, 37 years old. He's gotten a bit bigger. And in this uniform and with that mustache, he looks like Cecil Fielder. <laughs> Overall, though, 15 years in the big league, seven with the Pirates, and then three with the Dodgers, Cubs, Giants, and a couple of other teams. Three-time All-Star, four-time batting champion, member of that 1979 We Are Family World Series team in Pittsburgh, and an All-Star MVP for his career. He hit 305. 365 on base, 163 uh, career home runs, a 123 career OPS plus. And uh, unfortunately for you, you're going to only get a tenth of a point out of this for that mustache on the card. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, uh, he was, of course, uh, an impressive high school athlete, um, basketball, football, and baseball. According to this, it says he received 150 scholarship offers for his skills as a basketball player, around 100 for his skills as a football player and for baseball, he received two <laughs> and he took the one from Southeastern community college saying, I didn't want to have six, five, 250 pound guys bearing down on me. So I decided to play baseball. That's interesting. Yeah. Let's see. Mad dogs four batting titles is the most of any player in major league history, not in the hall of fame. Oh, wow. All right. So uh, now Mark, you've got a card that's going to have one of those special rules. Uh-oh. You've got a 1987 uh, record breaker card. The Ryan Express fans 200 for 11th season of career. Oh my. There you go. Are you I now I know last time the one time I've pulled a Ricky Henderson I got really excited. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm excited deep down. And uh, here related to Nolan Ryan searches number 2 on the list Ricky Henderson. So let's see, uh, Nolan Ryan, how many years did he play? 26? 27. That, that's <laughs> too many. He should stop. <laughs> for, for a power pitcher, it's ridiculous. 46 years old in 1993. That's a lot of Advil. Let's see, in 1988, though, he went 12 and 11 with a 3.52 ERA, 220 innings, led the league with 228 strikeouts. 
the second of a four-year consecutive run in his 40s to lead the league in strikeouts. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> 94 ERA plus, and that will equal a war of 2.0. He's in the Hall of Fame, and he's Nolan Ryan, so that right off the bat there is an eight for you. Uh, I can see he's got those stirrups, too. Of course. So that'll bump you up to 14.3. Thank you, Nolan, as always. Yeah. Do you know who his 4,000th career strikeout was? Um, yeah, I'm going to just pick a random player and guess Danny Heap. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, three cards left. You're at 14.3. We've got for the Reds here, again, somebody at the end of their career, Mario Soto. I don't remember a lot about Mario Soto. Uh, let's see, Mario Soto, uh, wow, 12 years in the big leagues, all of it with Cincinnati. Uh, as a pitcher, uh, 88 was his final year. He went 3-7 and seven with a 4.66 ERA, 87 innings, 34 strikeouts, a 78 uh, ERA plus. He was a three-time All-Star during his career, but not in 1988. And wow, and he, could, he, he saw the writing on the wall with a minus .7 war. Uh, fortunately for you, nothing else on this card is going to gonna hurt you. Kind of an interesting uh, stat here. I'm looking at his 1980 stats. He had uh, 12 games started, 10 games finished. So he ended up uh, 10 and 8 with four saves and three complete games. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, wow. So Soto was that guy. I, I know you've seen it, Mark, a video of uh, a game with the Reds in Atlanta and a pitch up and in, and it was against Soto, and uh, he threw the bat yes. down towards Claudel Washington at third yeah, base. Yeah, I didn't know that was him. Interesting. Yeah, apparently he also had a big run-in where he almost uh, likewise attacked Don Zimmer, who was uh, not his manager at the time, but trying to prevent him from getting at umpire Steve Ripley, who had uh, overturned a home run call. Ooh. Seems like uh, he had uh, some fire in his belly. All right. Uh, next, we have got a uh, outfielder for Cleveland. Here he is doing the old hand. Uh, have his, he has got two bats in his hand in the on-deck circle. It's none other than Dave Clark. Minus his five. Can I give you a minus five war for the Dave uh, Clark uh, missing Dave the five? Clark. I would let you give me plus five, but I don't think minus no. five. Okay. No good yeah. then. Let's see. Dave Clark, 13 years in the big leagues, five with Pittsburgh, four with Cleveland, two with the Cubs, one for a couple of other teams. 1988 for Cleveland, appeared in 63 games, hit 263, 333 on base, three home runs, 18 RBI, and a 93 OPS plus, and that is a minus .5 war. It does have a mustache, though, so it'll only be a minus .4. Going the wrong direction. Yeah, you need another Nolan Ryan card, I think. Yeah. Uh, let's see. First round draft pick by Cleveland in 83. All right. Your final card. Well, it's not Nolan Ryan, but I think this will help you. <laughs> not a Hall of Famer, but it is Roger Clemens. You mean the 10th greatest baseball player of all yes. time? <laughs> <laughs> we can uh, we can prove that. Prove. Let's see. It's been fact checked. <laughs> the Rocket. Let's see. 24 years. in. I mean, he came. He was three short of Nolan. And retired much earlier. Yeah. Uh, let's see. 13 with the Red Sox. Six with the Yankees. Three with Houston. Two with the Toronto Blue Jays. Overall, 
let's see, seven Cy Young Awards, two pitching triple crowns, 11-time All-Star, seven-time ERA leader, and he won two World Series. And he was a league MVP. That's a solid career. That is just... Sort of. Well, I know. I mean, it is solid, but it's got that asterisk by it. So. Exactly. Yeah. Let's see. Good news for you. In 88, he was an all-star. He went 18 and 12 with a 2.93 ERA, 14 complete games, eight shutouts. Led the league with 291 strikeouts and an ERA plus of 141. And that is good for a war of 7.1. He was an all-star that year, so that'll be 8.1. Or I'm sorry, that'll be 7.6. He also has stirrups here, so that'll be a 7.7. Again, not bad. Now, do I get an asterisk on my uh, score? Uh, Well, (laughs) if you were to take a drug test right now, just drugs in general, (laughs) (laughs) would you get an asterisk? (laughs) I'm I'm, going to plead the fifth. Okay. Because I took a couple of Tylenol. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, then there's your answer. All right. So that's a pretty good pack right there. That uh, wait, wait, Jeff, isn't he mentioned in the Mitchell report? Oh, you're right. Oh my gosh. I completely forgot about that. So that will be a minus half a point. Wow. Well, you know what? Honesty. I, I appreciate it. Yes. Honesty and integrity all day. That's me. <laughs> all right. So that's 20.4 is, uh, is your mark. So not bad. Yeah, that's not bad at all. All right. So here we go. Uh, I got 20.4 is the score to beat. I am going to lead off with somebody that uh, two years removed from a real tough game for somebody that had a great career. Here he is with the Angels, Bill Buckner. Amazing hitter. And like you say, he had a fantastic career. Yeah, he was. And and just bad circumstances. He was left in that game in 86 because uh, John McNamara wanted him to be on the field when they won the World Series. And that's the reason he was there. But uh, he did win a batting title in uh, 1980. He hit 324 for the Cubs that year. In 1988, he split time between the Angels and the Royals. Overall, he still hit 249 at age 38, a 287 on base, three home runs, 43 RBI, 73 OPS plus. You add all that together, and that is going to be a minus 1.3. <laughs> now, wow. he's got a plus 1.3 uh, mustache, though. Oh, it's that good. <laughs> It's it's uh, it's Val Kilmer from uh, Tombstone. Good. Well, yeah, it's it's probably not a a, a one point three, but it is at least a two tenths of a point mustache. So that'll okay, only be a minus one point one. But that's uh, that's a tough way to start things out. Well, wow, that year that he won the batting title in nineteen eighty, he struck out only eighteen times. Wow. I mean, you got guys striking out eighteen times in a week now. Yes, you do. That's, that's impressive. Yeah, that's an incredible number. Interestingly, he walked 450 times, struck out 453. Right right there in the evens. It's pretty impressive. I mean, this will help a little bit. Buckner made a cameo appearance in the film The Comebacks, was featured in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and uh, a couple of other shows that I have not heard of. He's also referenced in The Simpsons. It's just reference, though, so I'm not going to get the full. Uh, and, of course, you know, the visual of the ball going through his legs in the 86 World Series has been used in numerous movies and TV shows like Rounders, Fever Pitch, and Celtic Pride. 
You bet. So yeah. I, I am going to give myself a half a point here for the pop culture references. Absolutely. So, you know, that ends up only being a only being a minus point five, which that's a lot better than, <laughs> than what it started out as. Yeah, really. All right. Next, uh, I've got a picture for the Yankees. Oh, boy, I haven't heard this name in a long time. Charles Hudson. Oh, sure. I think the only reason I remember him is because he was on the Yankees when Ricky was. Because he didn't, I mean, only, well, only, but he had seven years in the big leagues, 83 through 89, four with the Phils, two with the Yanks, one with the Tigers. Kind of the, you know, bottom of the rotation kind of guy. 1988 with New York, six and six with a 4.49 ERA, 106 innings, 58 strikeouts, 88 ERA plus, and uh, still good for a war of 1.1. He's got a mustache and he's got real stirrups. So that'll be a 1.3. I'll take it for Charles Hudson. Very nice. I don't think there's going to be any pop culture references for Charles, though. All right. So I'm at point eight. My next card here is pitcher for the Twins, Mike Smithson. Let's see. Mike Smithson, eight years in the big leagues, four with the Twins, two with Boston, two with the Rangers. 1988 in Boston, nine and six with a 5.97 ERA, 126 innings pitch, 73 strikeouts, 69 ERA plus, and, oh, jeez, minus 1.24. Oh, goodness gracious. He does have a mustache and real stirrup, so that'll only be a minus one war. <laughs> this is not... Going well. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It looks like you're just pulling bottom of the rotation pitchers is what you're doing. It's pretty much or guys on the the very end of their career. Well, he was named to the University of Tennessee's all century team, if that is any sort of consolation for me. Well, (laughs) here we go. Uh, With the Dodgers, it is uh, first baseman outfielder Len Matuzak. I'm not 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 expecting a whole lot here to uh, to help me out with Len Matuzak. At least he's not a bottom of the rotation starting pitcher. Let's see, Len Matuzak, seven years in the big leagues, four with the Phils, three with the Dodgers, one with the Jays, and unfortunately for me, well, I don't know the way this has been going. Maybe fortunately for me, <laughs> 1987 was his final year in the big leagues. <laughs> you broke even on that one. Yeah, um, he couldn't have a mustache or anything, could he? Uh, let's see, career wise, 234. Average a 309 on base. He hit 30 home runs, 119 RBI for his career, and overall a war of 1.8. Uh, I will get nothing and I will like it. All right. Well, uh, you know, this isn't going to help. Uh, well, I can tell you this. He's got a two tenths of a point mustache already, but I don't think anything much more is going to help. Here, pitcher for the Expos, Andy McGaffigan. I loved his comedy specials. Yeah, he's funny. He does that uh, that voice. Yeah, that's funny stuff. I don't know the voice, but <laughs> I, Jim McGaffigan isn't a voice comic, is he? He just does regular stuff, right? Yeah, he just does regular stuff. Do you think they're related? We'll, we'll find out if they're related. Andy, don't call me Jim. 11 years in the big leagues, five with Montreal, three with the Giants, and then a bunch of other teams. 1988 with Montreal. Ooh, 6-0 with a 2.76 ERA in relief. 91 innings pitched, 71 strikeouts, a 131 ERA plus. I take back what I said. This is could be promising. A 1.4 WAR plus a two tenths of a point mustache. That's that's a 1.6. There you go. I'm in the positive. We've had. I think that's our third two tenths of a point mustache we've had today. That's a very high total for one week. 
Very nice. Yes, it was. It was pretty hip in the in uh, eighty eight. If you're a ball player, to have a mustache, a mustachio, if yes. you will. All right. Next, uh, I've got a rated rookie. I like it. He's got the little cup down there. Catcher for the Tigers, Matt Noakes. Matt Noakes. Not sure if we, uh, he's played a whole year at this point, though. That's the problem. Let's see. Matt Noakes. Um, oh, yeah, he'd been there for a while. 1988 was his fourth year in the big league. Second full year. 11 years overall. Uh, boy, uh, most with the Yankees. Five with the Yankees. Five with Detroit. And then one for a couple of other teams. 1988, he played 122 games, hit 251, 313 on base, 16 home runs, 53 RBI, and a 109 OPS plus. And that is good for a war of 2.5. I'll take it. I think it's a lost cause to try and catch you at this point, but at least that was a good chunk. I can't I can't believe we haven't, unless somebody just added this to to Wikipedia. I can't believe. No, we've we've mentioned this before. I remember the second tidbit. But in February of 2000, uh, he was forced to land a plane he was piloting, at, piloting on I-5 in San Diego. Couldn't reach the couldn't reach the airport. He sold the plane, and then 16 years later, the man he sold it to crash landed it on the same highway. <laughs> That's insane. That is crazy. All right, I got some thinking to do here. I've got a Twins Leaders card. On the oh. front here is Kent Herbeck, and I am not sure who this other... I was hoping it was going to be Kirby Puckett. I don't know if that's Greg Gagne. Uh, it, it probably is Greg Gagne. I can't tell. I, I couldn't pick Greg Gagne out of a, a lineup. Just, I don't know. <laughs> His face doesn't resonate with me, but I'm going to go ahead and choose Kent Herbeck regardless. Probably a good call. All right, let's see. Uh, Herbie here, 14 years in the big leagues, every one of them with the Minnesota Twins. Big proponent of picking guys off the base, like physically <laughs> picking them up yes. off the base. Uh, let's see, in 1988 with the Twins, 143 games, uh, he hit 312, 387 on base, 25 home runs, 76 RBI, and a 150 OPS plus, and that is good for a 4.4 WAR. That is a good year. Yeah, boy, looking at his numbers, I mean, he was a uh, he was actually pretty consistent. Hit anywhere between 280 and 310. Home runs 20 every single year, just about. He got on base. Uh, yeah, I mean, couldn't steal a base. What's wrong with that? Yeah, didn't. Uh -huh. Yeah. Although he stole 37 and was only caught 26 times in his career. Only, but. Yeah. Only, yes. Uh, Hall of Famer Jim Cat considered Herbeck the best defensive first baseman he ever saw, despite never winning a gold glove. Okay, how about this? Uh, we've mentioned this before, but it served as the unofficial consultant for Little Big League, and the character of Lou Collins was loosely based on him. And he and actor Timothy Busfield, who played him, became friends during filming. Interesting. I think we should go ahead. Well, he also hosts an outdoor sports program, Kent Herbeck Outdoors. I think uh, we we can give we can give him the half a point because I'm nowhere near. Yeah, that's <laughs> <just> no problem. <laughs> All right, so uh, I've got two cards left. I'm at eight point eight. You're twenty point four. Here we go. Pitcher for the Astros, Danny Darwin. Hey, Danny, one of my favorites. Had a couple of pretty impressive years. Uh, let's see. Danny Darwin played for 21 years. And uh, if I do say so, Darwin really evolved into a, a good pitcher. Yes. 
science joke for the podcast. Let's see. Uh, 21 years in the big leagues, eight with Texas, six with Houston, four with Boston, and then a bunch of other teams. 1988 with Houston, he went eight and 13, 3.84. Four ERA, 192 innings, 129 Ks, 86 ERA plus, and that will equal a war of 1.6. He's got a mustache and he's got real stirrups as well, so that will be a 1.8. Uh, let's see, he was traded once for former guest Don August, traded uh, by the Brewers to the Astros for Don August. That's nice. That's that's another reference to a former guest. Yeah, that's that's uh, two. Let's see. We've we've talked about his nickname being Doctor Death, but also the Bonham Bullet. Oh, nice! That's pretty. Yeah, he's from Bonham, Texas. Bonham High School, yeah, in Bonham, Texas. Uh, I think we've talked about it before. But during a brawl between the Phils and the Giants, Oral Hershiser claims Darwin punched him in the face. At the time, the two were teammates when he claimed this. <laughs> oh, and apparently he had a physical uh, altercation with Barry Bonds who did not, again, field a hit that scored a run. A lot of, a lot of angry pitchers in these packs. <laughs> yes. All right. Oh, oh, well, this is a good card to end up on, and you'll, you'll know why exactly when I, when I say who my final card is. Steven Sachs. Oh, hey, yes. You got some bonus points coming. Sure. I got multiple bonus points coming, I think. We'll have to, we'll have to play it by ear here when we get to it but uh let's see Saxy, 14 years in the big leagues eight with the dodgers three with the mets two with the white Sox. boy these aged players they don't end up in seattle for their final years they end up in oakland as as did steve Sachs. <laughs> let's see 1988 with the dodgers led the league in at bats uh, so he probably didn't well, he walked 45 times and only struck out 51. Let's see, 277 average, 325 on base, five home runs, 57 RBI, 12 stolen, or I'm sorry, 42 stolen bases, and a 95 OPS plus. And that will altogether equal a 2.9, plus he's got real stirrups on there. So you get 3.0, and now comes the additions. Yeah, he's so... Yeah, so the the pop culture here now we're going to have to uh, well we'll take a, a quorum here because of course Steve Sachs appeared in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. He also appeared in The Simpsons on uh, Homer at the Bat. So do I get two full points for that? For Absolutely. The, I, I agree. I think any of those three. Well, I think yes. he's the only one that has been on more than one of those shows. So we'll go Steve at a, a magical magical ball player when it comes to wax packs heroes he really is um i mean we're not even going to talk about the uh, fans behind first base wearing batting helmets <laughs> steve Stack syndrome yeah we're not going to talk about any of that but uh, of course by far the best uh, cameo on sabrina the teenage witch did a great job there and then of course on the seminal baseball episode of the simpsons homer at the bat where uh, you know Saxy doesn't know when to keep his mouth shut. A lot of unsolved murders in New York City. <laughs> All right, so that will take me to 15.5, a easy win for you, five points clear of my total. And uh, that will also take our, uh, looking to the scoreboard, it'll take us to a tie at two apiece early on in the season. But Mark, that's going to do it for this uh, edition of Wax Packs Heroes. It's also going to wrap up our show. Uh, if you want to find us elsewhere, you can find us just about anywhere. Just search for at two strike noise. That is at T W O strike noise. We also have an email address. 
Yes, you can write to us at two strike noise at gmail.com. All right, everybody, thank you again. Kind of a, a shorter show. Appreciate everybody uh, in my time of sorrow here, allowing us just to cut this a little bit short. Hopefully, we'll be back to uh, back to normal next week. But uh, we appreciate everybody that sticks with us and listens. And uh, thank you very much. And we'll see you next week on another episode of Two Strike Noise. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day.